interviewed in terms of their top five and i just love the reasons that people are choosing beyonce <laughs> she's not in mind oh that's okay i'm surprised but that's okay let me ask you this <laughs> my my random like spin the wheel question for you right now is what's the wild <laughs> right literally I love our sync. We're in sync already. So the question is, what's the wildest thing you've ever been able to pull off while being broke? Quote, unquote, broke. (laughs) I'm thinking about a couple examples for myself. (laughs) The wildest thing I was able to pull off while being broke? (laughs) Having an apartment? (laughs) I'm like... Having an apartment in New York. <laughs> Let, yeah. Um, having an apartment is real. <laughs> like, it's like I went out one night. I don't know why. I started doing this thing though where I was just like, nigga, if you ain't got it, don't go. Uh-huh. But I went out, and the entire time I'm sitting there like, like ordering, and I'm thinking about the bill that's about to come to me, and I'm like, damn, I'm about to like empty my bank account. <laughs> if I pay this and somehow me and the owner would just start a chatting or whatever and he just took my and was like nah you Gucci it's on me and I was just like wow now let me Uber home <laughs> now let me Uber home instead of fucking taking the train I love that that was a fun night I love that I won't do that again yeah that was risky the risks, ooh, sometimes the risks were feeling very, very thrilling. I don't know why. I'm like, this is scary. But It's then, like chaotic neutral. Right? Chaotic neutral. It's oh just like, goodness. okay, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but it's also just like, ooh, I feel like, like yeah, I look at me at work, like, I want to do something chaotic right That now. dopamine rush of yeah. getting away with it. Like, ah, how did I just get away with that? <laughs> exactly. And I was hopping in that Uber like, wow. Just looking at the city like, I'm such a bad bitch. Yes! And a broke one. Right, a broke bad bitch. I had that feeling I Ooh, a, a couple that times. That. Broke bad bitch. Broke bad bitch. <laughs> For me, it was always like when I was trying to throw a function or when I was like, mm. just like doing something that involved a lot of other people. Closest um, with the mostest. Yeah, I'm like, how did I pull that off? Like, it didn't, in my head, it didn't register because what I saw on my bank account. what i saw i don't even know how i pay for the transportation to get to and from the store to pick up the stuff so i'm sitting here like how how did i decorate this place and also supply a cake and i'm just like food liquor food like the food sometimes i'm just like just it's when you talk to people about it communication yeah communication when you just let people know what you're doing, sometimes people offer to help out in ways that are just like, oh, like, 
Oh my goodness. And the friends that I've made this past year, especially, I was just like, whoa, for some of, for some of my past, for some of my friends in the past, I was like, what kind of friends did I have before? Cause this is something different. Like I can tell like the genuine willingness to, to want to, to want to give and not just like be like, Oh, whatever you want, but just, just out of the kindness of their heart. And it's, you could tell it's not a big deal and mm-hmm. not, I'm just like, wow. There's some people in the past that just wasn't there for me. And I was there for them a lot. <coughs> and I spent my money and resources and... That was fraud. <laughs> I did not do that. I did not do that. That was fraud. Girl, all college, I used to... Oh, my gosh. I just see that my card was, card was stolen. I just looked at my bank statement. And, 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 and I didn't do any of this. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Baby got my money back. Right. Well, sometimes you gotta give it a little juju juju. I know, but I'll be like, God gonna beat the shit out of me. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> that's probably sounds- why this here going like the way it's going. No, that sounds very on point for a college student too, because also there wasn't a lot of time for us to actually make money. No. So <laughs> and I used to still work. Yeah. And that was my issue. I was just like, a lot of y'all just do school. And I got to do school and work. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. That's why I was just in tunnel vision with like applying for scholarships. Because I wanted a refund check. I said, I have no time. I have no time to work. <laughs> I have no time. I like the refund checks were so good. But they did not last. <laughs> yeah, they. you had to be careful depending on how much you got back. Like one semester I got back $12,000. And the first mistake was that it was sent to my home <laughs> and not directly to me at school. I said, first mistake, so it kind of got cut in half by the time it got sent to me. I said, what happened? No, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Who this for? Right. Oh, we were moving, and you know how moving it. I was like, oh! I said, ah. Uh, uh. I took my money because y'all <laughs> were moving. I was moving I said, too. I said, I had plans for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, I, I, I was not, I was not knowing what I should do with money back then. And it also just still don't. Yeah, still don't. I'm learning a little bit of financial literacy, like reading books. Oh, I'm not doing that. (laughs) It's actually really helpful. But what I've realized is I really kind of need a steadier income to be able to put into practice a lot of these principles. But my thing with steady income is even with steady income. Life be throwing just surprises at you. Just meet, meet, meet. And I just be like, meet, meet, what meet, the meet. fuck? <laughs> I be getting paid and I just be like, oh, it's all about to go to bills. Yeah. Every two weeks. I just be like, oh, here come rent. I hate bills. Oh, here come Wi-Fi. Oh, here come phone. And then the subscriptions. We might as well get cable back at this fucking point. <laughs> yes. Everything is a subscription. Every, like, everything. Every single thing that used to be a channel is now its own subscription. And I'm just like, please stop. Like, don't do that. Just go back to cable. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we're we're losing the sauce right now. We're, we've lost the plot at these days. I'm like, everything. I was just talking about this the other day. Everything is subscription-based, and I can't keep up. No, I'd be sitting there like, how much does cost again? And then they'll, they'll update it and change their prices. And Netflix! 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 Go ahead and shout them out. <laughs> they talk about some, oh, you have to pay like $7.99 if you're using 
in a different household from the one that the account is set up in. And I'm just like, nigga, what? And they, they used to be on sharing is caring, talking about passwords, and now, now, now this is where we are. I'm, they gonna piss me off. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. And with that, hello. <laughs> Welcome to 23, 24, 25. This is a podcast about being slapped in the face by not only 2023, but also about the wildly complicated transition that is turning 25. I'm your host, Jaska, and I've invited my friends to the table to talk about life as baby adults. And today I'm joined by the baddest Amadou. Hey, what's poppin'? Hey. Audience applause. Wow! You know the 90s to come when a fine man walk on. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That just reminds me of living single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, very All much. The, the Morris Chestnut cameo. He walks in and everybody's like, ah! This man is so fine. He is so fine. And so is your son, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. He is. I love when that happens. Every time I look on Twitter and he posts, he'd be like, mm-hmm. it's like a chair. I love it. Oh, yes. So me and Amadou met at NYU in our acting pack. And, of course, you were, like, one of the first people I thought of to talk about a conversation about money. Just because I always saw you on that grind, on the, like, yeah. You have a job, like you could get you could get something. Like you could get something. I'm like, dang, I haven't worked in four months. I'm like, if I told I'ma do that, I'm gonna be like, how bitch like what? This is the fastest bag, the the fastest checker router I know. Someone told me they was like, You are the fastest job getter I know. Yeah. Look at him go. And I was like, Yeah, I'll be he be like on my zoom. Um, like that um, character in Austin and Alley, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Trish. Trish, yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna, I remember I was talking to Dante one time, like, because you had mentioned something about your job or something, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do was telling me something about Peaches or something like that, and Dante was like, I'm going to don't work at Peaches no more. This was a while ago. That's, but still, 20, that's 2021. Yeah, but still, I was like, hey, I got to keep up. <laughs> But in a good way, in a good way. So I thought this would be pretty cool because this is an interesting age where people are very much encouraging financial literacy, especially if you haven't started saving money. Like this is a good age, apparently, to really get it in. I think any age, like no age is too late, but this is a good age to be like, okay, we're we're putting 10% of our checks away each time. We're actually accounting for taxes. 10% of my check. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got to do some calculations. But, yeah, every time I get a little job I and I have to fill out, like, the tax forms and stuff, I said, let me just go ahead and re- automatically route 10% of my check to my savings. I'm just like, I don't know what. I should do that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, open up a little high yield savings account. I actually have one. Yeah, okay. Well, you have one. Route some of that check to that. Nothing's in there right now. <laughs> Same. I've, I've emptied out my savings currently, so it's time for me to start over. And hey. this is the perfect time. Ah! <laughs> right, right. We, we, we got this. This is the perfect time to be doing this episode. So <laughs> let's get started, though, with an activity. Um, MySpace top five, Riff on top eight. So you're just going to give us a little list. Something okay. that, something that really, I was going to say touched you. I hate saying that. Something that really. Child, that child is touched. <laughs> right, right. Something that really influenced your growth, 
could be fictional characters, books, real people, movies, whatever you want to tell us, go. The floor is yours. Okay, I'm going to start from the bottom to the top. Okay, ooh, you have a, you have an order. Okay. Yeah, I put first, I mean, I guess, I'll just say warmth mm. as the fifth one. Um, I thought a lot about, like, intimacy and, like, home decor and the idea of, like, community and, like, like the hostess with the mostest kind of thing where it was just like I want my home to be a safe haven not only for me but my friends and family as well and when they come over I want them to feel like safe essentially the way that I do when I'm at home so that was one of the things because I was just like growing up I didn't really feel that way it was just like I'd be home like damn when the fuck am I gonna be able to leave y'all like y'all are annoying Mm -hmm. like I'd be at home like y'all are the reason I have trauma you know, they yes. be like, you coming to Thanksgiving? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not. Or even when my parents lived in the same state as me, when I went out, whenever I went over, I, I would look at my time. I'm like, okay, y'all got 30 more minutes of me. Make it quick. Make it quick. So I put that as one of them. Interior design, so like, interior design, warmth. Um, I love that one. I love interior design. Like mid-century modern. I just it just gives like nineteen fifties, like housewife. Old money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it's so unfortunate that I'm not. Or, or new money. Right. All right, money. We have to rectify this. <laughs> um, I put early nineties up to two thousand black TV shows and movies. Um. That was, like, my safe haven. I used to be looking at them like, one of y'all are fine. <laughs> right. Like, it, I, just, damn near everyone in the 90s was just. <sighs> Black people are so fine. You want to know what Dante said to me the other day? I bust out laughing <clears throat> out of literal nowhere. We weren't even talking about anything remotely related to the subject. But we're walking, and they go, you know what I've noticed? You're, you're really attracted to dark-skinned women. I was like, where did that come from? I said, I said, excuse me? I said, no, no, not to say that you are, like, you know, you have a fetish or, you know, like, that type of thing, like, you, but I noticed, like, you really find um, people with deeper skin tones attractive, and I was just like, they are, though. Yeah, well, uh, like, I don't know what else to say. I'm just saying, like, oh, damn, like, if you ask me to marry you today, I'd say yes. Like, you know, like, thirsty people just... That's it's it. just something about them. Oh, so I don't make the rules. This got is me my thinking eyes. About my like, eyes. Oh gosh, fine dark skin man. Oh, wow, still love you. You do. Hope they're watching. Yeah, early nineties black TV shows, movies. I'm just like, as far as it's like the way I communicate, the way I flirt, like eye contact. That's like I learned from them. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just, oh. The, Eyes was like the essentials of flirting in my in my essence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. Wow. Like eye contact and like blushing. So, someone asked me the other day, like, what lets you know like that you like someone? And I was like, if they can make me blush, and everyone else was just like, if they can make me laugh, and it's like, no, I feel like anyone can make me laugh. Like laughing, like mm-hmm. it, if it's funny, I'll laugh. But if you can actually genuinely stare and make me blush, I'm just like, you have something that others don't. Yeah. Um. Ah, oh, I love that. Yeah. Put poetry for number three. Um, it's just something about poetry that just feels so grounding and like 
I feel like my my top three are essentially a mix. I'm poetry, Brooklyn Brownstones, and R&B music. Um, during the pandemic, all I used to do on my free time was go on walks outside and just like look at the houses yeah. and the brownstones, and I'd be like, okay, fuck, like these are so dope and beautiful. And then I'd be looking at like Architectural Digest and looking online at all like the interior form of them. Maybe I should get into interior design. Fuck them kids. I'm gonna stop teaching. Oh, wow. You heard it here first. Like, you just found a new passion. Hello. Um, but yeah, there's something about brownstones that are just, they remind me of like the Harlem Renaissance, mm-hmm. which also ties back into poetry. Love me some Langston Hughes. Um, Zona Hurston, I wouldn't say she's a poet, but her writing is still beautiful enough. Right. I'm just like, she is a poet. Um, and then R&B music tied back to like blues, which is also somewhat tied back into like the Renaissance period. And I don't know, just something about all that where I'm just like, it affected me and my growth and development where I was just like, I gotta stop fighting and I gotta start communicating with my words. Yeah, those are my top five. I love your top five and I especially relate to the brownstones. I remember like, when I moved back to New York from Georgia, like at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic-ish, I was like biking through Bed-Stuy and I was just like so happy to be moving to Bed-Stuy. Like those were the days. Oh my gosh, when you lived by, by my old barber. Yes, I'm just like, those were the days, but just like walking in or riding a bike in those neighborhoods with those brownstones, you just kind of felt like you were in another world. Like I'm just sitting here it feels it, dreamy. It feels dreamy. Where I'm just like, okay, how can I get here? It feels oneric. Like, I'm sitting here looking at all these different colors and shapes, and architecture is a beautiful thing. Like, beautiful thing. I was like, classic. Oneric. I learned a new word today. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Or, or I've heard somebody say, like, oneric, but I'm like, I don't think that's it. That doesn't sound right to me, and I I've won't say it like that. I've never heard this word, but... It means dreamlike. Like dream, you know. I'm I'm on my vocabulary word of the day. I I was I was made to. I'm writing that down. I was made to do vocabulary books at homeschool. <laughs> what? That sounds like trauma. What? And that I was made to do it. No, it wasn't so much as as forceful as if somebody's just like teaching you. Like even in math class in high school, my my teacher would give us a vocabulary word each week. I'm like, this is a math class, but this man is just like, behoove. And that's the word of the day. I'm they say like, literacy, y'all gonna have it. Right, they say, you're gonna talk like someone who knows what they talking about. This is in D.C.? This was in Georgia. D.C., look, I love D.C., but the education compared to my school in Georgia, it was like, womp, womp. It was no, like, womp, womp. it was womp, womp. I said... I was crying, like, the first week of school when I moved, like, in the 10th grade to D.C. from Georgia. I was crying the first week of school because I said, I feel like I'm repeating a grade. It was so, it was so bad to me because I was just like, the work is way too, yeah, I was like, the work is way too familiar, too easy. Like, I'm not, I wasn't being challenged in a single subject that first, that first semester anyway. In D.C.? Yeah. That's so crazy because I wanted to move to D.C. Yeah, well, well, you won't be in high school having to do that, so... I kind of want to teach high school, though. Oh, well, I still want to teach that. I about to say, well, you, well, you can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Right. Si se puede. 
right? Please make a difference for those kids because I was sitting there like, we're over here saying bonjour. And I was like, not bonjour, bonjour. not bonjour. Yes, a French class. I was just like, bonjour. Or como tu tapo. I was like, no, no. Did the teacher tell me how to say it like this? No, this is like the kids, this is like what the kids were doing. The kids were saying this. Mm, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I have a lot of thoughts about it too. Um, I said, como tu tu tapel, right? I'd be afraid when I look at these kids now in education because I'd just be like, I'm supposed to like leave the future in your hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kids, and it's a lot about our technology too. What, what happened with that really fast evolution of tech and iPad kids and all that yeah. stuff. And like, I used to be head in a book a lot. Like, I used to be a bookworm as a kid. Yeah, like, should be read your book. Yeah, we she had a quota. Like, Wi Fi, she would unplug it. She'd be like, read. Yeah. After you done reading, hit the timetable. Study it. I was babysitting the kid, and he was just like, the the parents left right when they left. He was like, okay, I get to go. On. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, bitch, let me tell you what the fuck's gonna happen now. Right, literally, he turned around. He said, so. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, there. Bye, mom. So listen up. <laughs> right. Listen, bitch. <laughs> this is what I we're doing. I'll my iPad and leave me alone when I say I'm hungry. Go get me food. That's literally what it was like. That's <laughs> literally what it was like. He said, I'm going to be on my iPad until his until the little sister wakes up from the nap. I was just like, He's wait, sad. that's not what. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I miss something? You got on your maid outfit today, I see. <laughs> right. I said, whoa. He said, listen, help. I was like, <laughs> No, actually, um, I was like, he was a little. Can't boy. make that joke then. <laughs> I was surprised he was a little brown kid. It's always the, but you know, they get like socialized. Brown isn't like not black, but like he, but he was mixed. He was black and I think like Middle Eastern or some ethnicity. I don't so know. So he probably was still saying nigga. <laughs> Who knows? You know the people love. But he was so small. Drink. Like, who knows? He was like six <coughs> or something. Six. Six. Yeah. You know, he was just like, listen, I'm playing Roblox. Until uh, the- <laughs> I was like, well, dang. I've never gone on Roblox. And my students, my first year, used to love Roblox. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. Get out my face. I was playing it for a second just to see what the kids was talking about. I was like, you know. I can't talk until I experience, right? Sometimes. <laughs> so, Is it good, though? It, it depends. Like, some of it I was enjoying. But just because I was, like, a DS kid as well. Like, I really love playing my DS. And honestly... PSP. Yeah, and a PSP. Oh, and a PSP. A Game Boy. I was thinking about it recently. I was like, maybe I should get a DS again. Like, or, or maybe I should get a Switch and, like, the thing where you can take yeah. it around. Yeah, I'm like, I would enjoy that. I really loved Game Boys growing up. That's like my first game I got. My game dad gave to me when I was like six, and I was just like, "You gotta stay on this forever." Yeah, uh, forever, forever and ever, and play Nintendogs and Mario and <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, and, uh, and Kingdom Hearts, another good one. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is, and it's that's what this is about. I love. That's why we're recording it on this old camera. I'm just like, I'm obsessed with the past. Y'all already know. It's it's. We have to lean on the past to deal with the present a lot of the time. And that's my biggest 
take away from being 25 right now and figuring this all out in such a stressful year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about a different type of... uh, Wait, did uh, you say your top five? Oh, no, I say my top five separately in a different space. But, you know, I want you to have the floor for that. (laughs) I want you to have the floor for that. So now we're just going to go into the questions. And we're back on money. But I obviously I love talking about everything. So we get off on tangents. It's it's a part of the game. It's a part of the deal. Okay. It's a part of the deal. It's a part of the deal. My first question is: with ex- expenses rising and salaries remaining stagnant, it can often feel daunting to strive for financial freedom. If the time hasn't already come, how would you navigate negotiating your salary? And what tactics would would you use to achieve your worth? I've been doing that all day at fucking work. I've been looking at my principal like, girl, I get it. There's a salary scale that y'all want to follow. But I'm not working 10, 15 years to only make 100K. Are you stupid? Yeah. Are you smoking dick? Oh. I really be looking. I have to tell her. I said, I don't, like, there are people who literally have 15, 14, 17 years of experience coming to the space and don't do shit. This is my third year out of college, and I do more than they do. I'm already a great team lead, so I've already taken initiative and shown that I can, like, actually handle a team and do whatever I have to do. And I was just like, if y'all are not able to meet me where I want to be met, salary-wise, I will go somewhere else that's going to find me and value me. Mm-hmm. And I literally had a whole interview for another job that paid 20 k more. And when I get that fucking contract, I'm going to take it to her, show her the amount, and be like, Match it or I'm gone. Yeah. Ooh, I love the match it or or buy. <laughs> and if she says she's not matching it, I'm going to be like, thank you. I'm going to go back to the other people. Hi, my, my employer currently says they're able to match me. Are you guys able to give me a sign-on bonus? Yes. I love your thinking. Everyone. Yeah, that's kind of the advice that counselors was giving me about scholarship money when I was going to school. Now I think about it. They're like, you can actually leverage this money. You can actually go and say, this college said they were going to give me this. And can you top that? <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't realize these these tricks, these tips and tricks I was going to have to use. Now, like, still. Right, years to come. I didn't even realize that back then. If I did, I don't think I would have went to NYU. <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. I would have been somewhere else. Living life. Oh, I was I was one of those people who was harassing NYU the whole time I was here. I like about harassed Morehouse. Mm. Did all that for niggas to graduate and get their loans paid off by whoever that speaker was. Yeah, that's right. That happens a lot with... Yeah, fuck all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, dang. Nobody really wants to touch NYU in that way. Like, I, First off, that school's so fucking stupid. Why would they open up there was they opened up they're opening a fucking school for like studying Semitism or something. Like anti Semitic stuff. And I was just like Read the room. Uh, they're opening up a whole school for Jewish learning? Like No, not for Jewish learning, for like anti Jewish. Wait, what? Yeah, and I was just like, this okay. I'm I'm very confused. Yeah, I saw it like on the news two days ago, and I was just like, "Great, most of your population is Jewish, but okay." 
I'm, I don't get it. They have like a whole like Jewish mm-hmm. center and all this. I need to look in to see what nonsense they're into. I gotta just keep up to date sometimes. They be sending me mail and I'm just like. Uh, phone is gonna be calling me. I'll be like, leave me alone. Yes. I ain't got nobody to give y'all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Phonathon was, and I remember I applied for a job. At and they ain't ever take me, so I'm just like, why are you calling me now? I did the group interview, and they were just like, yeah, so it's enough. Like, <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. It was really fine. Honestly, I wanted to work at Skirball anyway back then. Oh, and you did. And I did. I applied like four times, and I finally did. After a while, I was just like, I don't want to work on campus. I'm tired of seeing people. Yeah. That made sense. Well, Skirball I liked because they had a lot of different shows that were just open to, like, the entire public. Mm-hmm. That people would just come to see, like, theater stuff or wacky. Because yeah, they do have, I, I forget that Skirball isn't just NYU, it's like a public space. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can get down with that. Oh, and the lost and found. The way I was, like, scoring big. Shopping the lost Yes, I was scoring big. I still have one of these, like, little umbrellas that I got out of Lost and Found that was like, I was like, this is the I was like, this is the most expensive umbrella. I, did, I didn't know how much it cost specifically, but I was like, I can tell this umbrella right here this was worth something. <laughs> yeah, I was like somebody dropped a pretty penny just on an umbrella and I was just like well, that's how we're, that's what we're gonna do. But I'm glad to hear that you have like a negotiating plan and that you are already in a mindset of strategy. Yeah, and I'll be looking at her like, someone's gonna pay it. Someone's gonna do it. Or someone else. Hey. And I'm gonna go where the money reside. Hey, where the money reside. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Our generation, she was just like, this is part of the work. So we've all been there. We wanted more money. We didn't, like, we weren't there yet. That was just like, that was your generation, ma'am. I'm sorry y'all, y'all, were, y'all were doing slavery work, but that I won't be doing that. Yeah. You're going to pay me. I, there's no reason people have bachelors, masters, PhDs, da-da-da's, and can't live. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We're sitting on a floating rock. Money <laughs> is fake. Just print it and give it to me. <laughs> We're sitting on a floating rock. I'm gonna In start the saying middle that. of space. I'm about to start saying that. People be sure. bothering me. I'm like, do you... Do you you know, we're just in space floating right Like, please leave me alone right now. We're sitting on a floating rock. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, we That's got a lot to do. I'm back my loans. Default. It's giving default. Look, like, where is it? We're sitting on a floating rock. Who do I really owe? <laughs> Explanation for why you will not be contributing. We're sitting on a floating rock. <laughs> I didn't ask to be here. On said rock. <laughs> like... Yeah. I was even pressured into the idea that I needed a higher education and and I spent all my life not paying for it and then all of a sudden it's like eighty thousand dollars a year. Oh my gosh. I used to say the same thing. It was just like so you mean to tell me I got public free education all my life and now all of a sudden you yeah, asking me to pay. I was just like, how y'all scaffolding this? Like where's the setup? Right. Right. I was covered. I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a no-go. It's a no-go. All right, my second question. How has the idea of financial stability, like having that, how has that influenced your career course of action? Mm. I think it influenced it a lot. Like, 
you know, we studied acting. As much as I love being an entertainer and acting and, like, wanting to be within the entertainment industry, I'm also just, like, again, another career path that notoriously pays, like, hella low. And if you're not, like, one of the few who are selected to, like, really have a platform, essentially, to get paid a lot of money, um, then you just are kind of always doing side jobs and hustling. And I'm just, like, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I thought that the reason we was hustling from kindergarten until the end of college was up so that we could graduate and, like, be financially stable. Right. And then it's like, you, you're finished, and then it's just like, oh, psych, you got to still put in more effort and work, nigga. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, like, when does it end? Never, never. And I was just tired of, like, having to constantly do side jobs. Like, serving was fine, it was easy, but it was also, like, there's on months and there's off months. And when there's off months, the... The off months were off. So then I'd be sitting like, all right, am I making rent? Like, how am I going to survive? And I was just like, I don't like that feeling at all. Like, I'd rather be like, oh, I know this is money's going to bills or whatever. But it's like, I know I have it to give to it. Um, so I think that's what made me leave. Like, I wouldn't say I left entertainment, but it's like, I just would rather not. And then with, we're constantly always having to fight for our rights, like, even with the writer's strike just finally ending, I'm just, I don't even know how many months that was, but. Yeah, the writer's strike was like. That was a long period of time. May, so June, July. Yeah, that was like four months, y'all. June, May, or June, July, August, September, October, and it just ended in November. Like four, five, or it ended in October, so like, yeah, almost five months. I'm sorry, I don't got, like, I'm not owed money. I ain't got parents to call me like, hey, can you help me? Four and a half months of me working means I died already. That's the reason I wasn't working. I wasn't died alive. Already, I died already. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Even that's that why I retired. That's why a lot of people have a second thing, but I'm just like, it's it's overwhelming, too. The only reason that I'm having multiple things for myself is because I like doing multiple things it's not because i'm (laughs) i love the covering of the label (laughs) it's not because i am doing it because i feel like oh i have to do this just in case i never know what happens i'm like i actually like writing and i like producing now i'm like i never thought i would be like i like producing but it's it's kind of satisfying so the reason why i wanted to also like start my own business and do something for myself and like kind of build it up, I was tired of, I was, no, not just tired of people telling me what to do and, like, kind of, like, following someone else's, following in line with what someone else was dictating for me. Dictating is kind of a strong word, but for lack of a better word, I just felt, like, deep in my soul in other environments. It felt like, oh, I'm supposed to be the one in charge. It felt so like strong and I was like to lead yourself yeah I was like I'm supposed to be the one navigating this for myself and and like also with the way my mental health is set up I just think I was like I think that's gonna be best Mm -hmm. like just like all these people on TikTok talking about this is how we make ten thousand dollars a month I'm like oh fuck y'all I'm just like yeah first of all shut up second of all like Like a foolproof plan and they're not, and you're not going to be able to follow. And what I've learned from starting this like venture, 
there's nobody you can follow to a T that's going to guarantee you those results Mm -hmm. because you're going to find that you're going to run into things where you have to really sit there and like learn it and figure it out yourself. And it's kind of hard to explain. Like I found it's hard to explain even like the steps in the order that I've ended up doing things. I'm like, I would finish a task and be like, great. I don't know how I would have explained what I just did to someone if they asked, like, Mm -hmm. but I got it done. That doesn't mean I can like make a course and teach somebody how to do this. Like, I think with the TikTok people, I just, everyone is different where I'm just like, what works for you is not going to necessarily work for someone else. Right. And then that's the issue that I'd be having with them. And they'd be like, here's what you should do. And I'm just like, yeah. No. Yeah. I still think that making this type of money, like, per month is, like, it works. It happens for people, but I don't think I'm going to be able to really, like, sit there and just gobble that information off the internet. It's really, like, you have to throw yourself in the field mm-hmm. and just start. I'm like, that's risky. I'm, like, sitting here, like, ooh, I'm, I'm sitting here sometimes, like, just give me till February. And I'm sometimes I'm just in my head like like mapping out how I can hold on till February because of my how my plans are set up. I'm like, oh, how can I hold on till then? Because things can look so different if I stick with it. Ugh. Cause when consistency, consistency. Because when last month rolled around and I said I really want to do this podcast now and I really feel like I really want to put my energy into something before the end of the year that I'm really excited about and. And that was really having conversations with friends. I was like, I, I really want to do that. But at the time where I said I had to do it, I was thinking about other things that I had tried to start that I ended up not being consistent with. And I was just like, I can't do that again. I can't go through that again right now. I'm not in the, the physical and mental space to be able to endure that. I need to go. And I'm also working on a short film right now with a producer in Atlanta who moved there recently from LA. And I was just like, I want to do something where I'm the lead in it and I'm just going to have to make it myself. <laughs> I'm just going to have to make it myself. So that's why I was like, I'm starting my production company, filed my little LLC. I said, we're getting grants. I said, I'm applying for grants. I'm going to do some fundraising here and there. But if I have to li- because sometimes I've had to live off a little grant. Because I'm like, I don't have time to do other work but this yeah. business stuff. So I've gotten a grant and, and lived off of it before. I was like, ain't nothing but a thing. It's money, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. <laughs> no, that's honest and true. Yeah, I'm like, it's tough, though. Like, I was talking to my uncle about it. Like, for me, in my eyes, though, both scenarios are really brave. Like, being, like being in a job that you love but it's also like more consistent like and you know where the paycheck is coming from and I dream of that I've tried I've applied and I'm still waiting like it might be a thing but I I like the consistency yeah of being like okay I know exactly how much I'm always gonna get yeah if I I'm like not in my depression head but like my other head that I like I'm usually very on top of it being like, okay, we have to take out this much for this, this much for this. And not being manic of being like, oh, fuck all that. I need to be chaotic right now. Mm-hmm. Let me go do something exciting. But then I'm also like, fuck, this is not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is really exhausting me. And it's exhausting me to a point where it's just like, 
I'm exhausted and not happy. Where it's just like, I'd rather be exhausted and fulfilled with what I'm doing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Which is now, I'm just like, I just gotta find my way to reality TV. <laughs> yes. But then I'm also just like, what do I do when we're not filming? How do I get paid? Is the patient gonna be enough? Like, there's always so many questions that I'm still asking. Yeah. And it's just like, no one tells you shit. No one tells you. But I think with reality TV nowadays, it's it's Something like you kind of... on each other. Yeah, you get kind of like pulled into it in a way where the path kind of probably will present itself to you. People will be uh, gravitating towards you and offering you things at that point. And it'll be like, now, which opportunity do I say no to? Because then you'll have like your pick of the litter. Mm-hmm. And because people... people I always say that people want to work with you not always really because of your skill set, but because of who you are and, like, how you show up. If you're a good person in their eyes, if you're a joy to work with. So I think reality TV, a lot of the times, based on how they edit it together for certain people, like, you really get a sense of, or, like, for the viewer, viewers can make a judgment on that type of thing, and it's like, oh, I would want that person to represent such and such. Like, that's the type Mm. of... This person has that type of vibe. And I think... Yeah, I I think that's how a lot of reality TV stars become, like, influencers in that way. And they probably can tell, too, based off of how they know themselves to be, who they would be a good fit with Mm -hmm. when they're looking at all those opportunities that are presented to them. So, yeah, that sounds like a good... (laughs) Sounds like a good path, honestly. I gotta figure out how to get there now. The circle. I, I auditioned for the circle I one mean, time. I'm alive, <laughs> but then I'd be like, being alone? Yeah, that's the only thing. That was the only thing. I was just like, they're quarantining. That basically. Like, like literally. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I gotta cook every day. Yeah. Where are these groceries that they're getting. Yeah, no, they need to bring prepared meals at the door every at, Hello, at, at the, every at the lunch hour. At the, something. Right. Every hour, my leg's starting to fall asleep. I love when that happens. But every change of the meal hour. Um, ding! It's like, there's a camera watching me. Yeah, that's that's seven. unnerving. I also, the same, the same um, reasons you're listing, it's the same way I kind of talked myself out of it. Even though I did submit one year I talked myself out of doing it again because I was just like, I don't think I can do that. I might get a little paranoid. I don't know yeah. how to do it. But I'm just like, I'm alone. People are able to see my routine. Like, that's too personal. Yeah. But then it's also just like, okay, I guess. Reality. But then I'm also just like, I don't want to play people. I just want to be myself and, like, yeah. interact. If it's a game as far as just, like, physical activities... That'll do, but as far as mental manipulation, I'm just like, that's too much. Yeah. And I have to say, I'd be like, oh, I'm in alliance with you because based off what? Right. Your profile? Yeah. It feels like... It feels weird. <laughs> there's a word I'm looking for. Superficial. Superficial, yeah. Yeah. It's like that social media thing. Like, it's actually not even my favorite, like reality show for like that's like contestant based in that way i'm thinking of like the the show that i wish i could have been on but of course the criteria is so specific is claim to fame i love that show oh i have no claim to fame 
Yeah, I don't have a claim to fame, so I couldn't do it. But I was like, oh, if I was related to somebody famous, that would be the show. <laughs> I would be on there. The, especially this last season, I was sitting there like, what am I looking at right now? Like, no, what am I looking at right now? <laughs> but I just love the concept of the show. I'm just like that. They, I'm just... I don't know how we got here, but... Yes, we... <laughs> it's all about, like, that question of financial stability. But let's go to my last question for you. Mm-hmm. Are there any past financial decisions made by you or someone in your family that totally changed your perspective on how to be responsible with money? And can you explain? My parents should have just invested in Facebook when it was first becoming a thing. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, something. You said should have. <laughs> yes, they didn't. That's their fucking mistake. I could have been somewhere completely <laughs> different in my life right now. Um, no, all jokes aside. Um, <laughs> I just see. I just. I just used to see my dad like. Every time it was about to be like, built, every time he got paid, he would take out money and put it aside for rent. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, that's easier than waiting to the end of the month and being like, is the lump sum there? Yeah. And taking it out your account. Um, I guess that. And then my parents often are always like, save, save, save. Not that I have a savings. I have an account. Right. You have an account. That's the first step. Um, yeah. I guess it's savings. Trying not to spend too much. Or buy unnecessary things. Like, I feel like my parents didn't really go shopping for, like, vanity things as much as I do. But I also think that's just... We grew up in different generations. And their... When they came here, their mentality was, like, survival. Where I'm just like, I don't just want to survive. Like, I want to thrive and live. Where I'm just like, they just wanted to make sure everything was, like... They had food. They had a roof over their head. They had clothes on their back. They had a place to sleep. And they're like, okay, we're good. But I'm just like... Nigga, my mental health is fucking irritating me. Nigga, I want to go out with my friends. I want to look good. I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, but you have an apartment. I'm just like, yes, and. Right, yes, and is the biggie. <laughs> yes, like, I'm like, I could be grateful for that, but also still be yearning for other things that mm-hmm. also assist in my happiness. Yeah. Where they were just like, survive, survive, survive. Yeah, it's it's... It's so tough. I answered the question. No, it did, but it's so tough because I it feel it always felt icky to me that when I when I came of that consciousness, when I got to a certain age where I was really conscious and then and then directly afterwards so disappointed <laughs> that we were just doing all this stuff and draining ourselves just to stay afloat, just to be here, just to be um, able to like stay off the streets and I'm yeah. just like damn this stuff should be alright this is so messed fucking healthcare. right I said this all is so messed up I keep saying we've lost the plot but we really lost the plot like once once we stopped hunting and gathering <laughs> I was like once we uh, we were paying for the food once we started evolving I said we lost it. it's still wild to me that Every single thing costs money. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. I, I, went, I was at the movies a couple of weeks ago, and the water was seven dollars. For what? The water, water bottle, seven dollars. At this point, I'm about to just start putting jugs out when it rains. 
Well, then, yes. Well, then we'll be back to where we should be. <laughs> I'm like, I need to have a garden. I need to have... I'm just like, this is sickening. This is really sickening. $7 for agua? Yes. Literally, agua. We have, like, lakes and rivers and... They're dirty, but... <laughs> and we... And look, look, that's purpose. And then we have a whole... Fu- like, a whole fucking... What is it? State? Is Michigan a state? Yes. <laughs> That's completely where my parents moved to. They, they moved to Michigan? They moved to Detroit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ain't that also the state that be having water issues? Yeah. Yes. We have a whole state that's struggling with water. Y'all charging people $7 for water. Yeah. It's actually ugly. When they're not getting clean water in their tap. Yeah. It's ugly. It's ugly, I will say. And we're just... Water should be free. Water should be free. There should be, like, food in our neighborhoods where we can just go and, like, everything is, we've lost, we've lost that sense of local for a lot of neighborhoods. Not, not across the board, but in a lot of, like, cities and neighborhoods, we've lost that sense of a local community Mm -hmm. where we, like, are helping each other out and, like, we know all our neighbors Mm -hmm. and we're sharing, breaking bread and doing all of this and... Everything yeah. is individual, individualistic. Yeah, I don't like no. it. Yeah, I don't like that about us, about where things are going. I just like, ah, community is literally, we thrive, we need community. And we've been, we're starting to be socially conditioned to just care what about ourselves or what, you know, what's it called? Like, what's what's that thing? It's just like every man for himself, mm. that, that thing. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's ugly like that's disgusting to me that that's where we are right now for for a lot of cities and neighborhoods but but anyway you have questions for me too and i don't want to i don't want to take up too much of the time because we could talk about that frustration all day about how they plant certain trees that don't bear fruit so we don't have fruit in our neighborhood the fucking pollen where they they remove the female trees and put the male trees. That's what I mean, yeah. I was like, fuck is wrong with y'all? That's wild. What do you mean you've been listening this whole time and you haven't subscribed yet? I don't see what the holdup is. The button is right there. And while you're at it, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You obviously like the show. Okay, my first question. Mm-hmm. Financial stress is common. Let's restart. <laughs> Financial stress is a common issue for students and recent graduates. Okay. Could you describe some of the specific financial challenges you encountered during your college and post-college years and the steps you took to address them successfully or even unsuccessfully? Okay. This is <laughs> this is tough because I think I'm going to out myself about something that I got scammed when I was 18. Like... And this was so embarrassing. I don't even think I told anybody that I that this happened to me. But you know that little iTunes gift card thing that people <laughs> listen, listen. Keep in mind, keep in mind. Little ads that you popping up. It was just like the person called me and they were like, you know, Barack Obama has a <laughs> has a has a scholarship relief program. Sorry, I said. And I've been chosen. Because I was on my scholarship grind back in the day. I just assumed that, oh, that must have been something I applied for. I can't 
I'm always going to leave space for you to I be. I did able- my part. You right. I did my part. If you really wanted to talk to me that bad, you would leave a voicemail. And then I could call you back and realize it was something I needed. Uh. <laughs> so if, it, they, if I can listen to the voicemail and know that, oh, I should call this these people back, then yeah. But sometimes people leave a voicemail and I'm like, oh, that's spam. And then I'm not going to call them back. But yeah, I was... <sighs> Like I'm sitting here like, what was your question? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like so I was I was struggling in college. So like that was my first big struggle right out of the gate, like being scams like that. And I had no money. I was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I actually did tell my roommates that my card was compromised. I didn't tell them the entire situation, but you know. I didn't know them that well. I was hoping for the best, and I didn't come from a family with much, and I could only ask for so much money to have. And I was asking different family members for money and stuff like that. And I remember NYU had taken us on this little day trip somewhere, and it was kind of cute how it was set up, like a market and stuff, and, like, people were buying things from the market, like souvenirs. I was like, unless unless I'm doing a five-finger discount, I cannot buy a single thing. I had zero dollars to my name walking, like, around that. I always think about that when, like, doing trips and stuff like that with my students because I'm always just, like, I never know, like, where they come from. So when students actually go to the gift shop, I'm like, no. Because I don't want other students to feel bad if they're not able to buy anything or afford anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had negative. I know. My bank account was just closed. Like, Bank of America said, we're just going to close your account. Why would, and I said, how am I going to open up another account, like, right here in London at the very beginning of the semester with, and I had to sign up for, like, the equivalent of a social security number in London. I forget what they call it over there. But I was just like, this stuff is taking time. Like, I don't know what to do. I was, I was it was stressful. Social security is crazy. Yeah, it was stressful. It was getting to the point where I was, like, asking my family to send me money, and then I would send the money to a friend or to a roommate, and have them, like, you know, they would buy something for me, and I would just send them the money for it. Mm. Like, every single transaction that I ever made was like that at that time because I was still figuring out. After class, every day, I would go back to the bank, try to figure something out. I was, like, sitting in that waiting area. It was crazy, and I I, I hated that. I hated that I did that, but, but yeah, I, I really learned from that, and it, it's really what made me dive into financial literacy, although... I still went through college confused at where the money was going. When I had money, I had I, I had a tendency to treat myself a lot when I came into a, a good amount of money, what I thought was a good amount of money. I would treat myself to the that ground. That's the first thing I did. And that's like, you have to plan even for that. And so, so yeah, that's really what I've learned from it. And the steps that I've taken to to grow from that is really just like being intentional about learning financial literacy. I might not be in a place where I have like a consistent check where I know I can like put this in that. But as I, as the money is flowing in, I am like, okay, I'm listing out my money. Literally last week I looked at my credit report and I got something removed off my credit report because I was just like, something's going on with my credit score and this doesn't seem right. And I looked into it, turns out turns out I was apparently like I apparently had like a mark on my credit report because I didn't pay for kickboxing classes in New York when the pandemic started and it was just like almost $900 of kickboxing classes that I just didn't know was like a mark on my credit report 
And also, I'm sitting here like... Because I'm like... Yeah. Having a mark? I said, oh, no. And I also, if they want proof that it was a Groupon and that they weren't supposed to keep paying me for these classes, I can give them proof. Like... (laughs) They do be asking for proof sometimes. Yeah, so I'm just like, if they want it, they got it. But... I am being more intentional. Those are like the steps. I'm I'm reading books, listening to podcasts about it just to better cuz sometimes you get those like green eyes when money comes to you and it's just like everything I thought I knew is out the window. But as I'm continuously making space for that type of education, it's like I get it and I'm like instant reminder that I need to put some in my high yield savings account or something like that. So this one. Yeah. Second question, many young black professionals strive for financial success. What financial goals have you set for yourself in your 20s and what strategies are you using to achieve them while managing day-to-day expenses? Oh, what financial goals have I set for myself? I guess I just want to not have debt. <laughs> That's the biggest one. I'm like constantly like, how can I lower this debt or or how can I not create more debt Mm. I'm just like where I'm at now is good because I read a lot in my financial literacy journey I read a lot about how that some debt is good debt because of how we are credit yeah how credit works and so I like have an overview of my spending and the credit and all that type of stuff and I'm like where I'm at right now I don't need to like, I don't need to open up another credit card. I don't need to pay for anything, like, pay anything else off. Like, like purchase something that I would have to, like, pay for it, you know, like that. I was like, I need to, to, to stay in this space. And, like, because it's not too bad. Like, I, I hear stories about people who are in such serious debt. And I'm sorry, but it does make me feel better. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that bad. I'm like, okay, I'm a... Like, yeah, I owe 170000 I said, you hit yourself so stupid, what? <laughs> At that point, it's just like, yeah, I'm not getting that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm crying for y'all because they wouldn't even let me open up another credit card, so I couldn't have done that. And I'm like, how did these people get these credit limits? That Because they're, because they're. Which is going to lead into my next question. Okay, what's your next question? Per, that was a great segue. <laughs> building wealth is a long-term goal for many. How do you approach building wealth for your future in your 20s considering the broader financial landscape and disparities that black individuals may face? Ooh, I love that we're talking specifically about what black individuals face because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like the situations that we're in that we did not put ourselves in mm-hmm. and that we have to fight to get out of and it feels so dumb it just feels so stupid that I have to fight this hard and that people are so discriminatory and that I know I have all this like wealth of like talent and understanding and all this stuff but yet still I'm I have roadblocks in that way (sighs) but how am I approaching building wealth I feel like it's the education thing yes and it's also like I'm thinking I, I have a healthy balance, in my opinion, of thinking of in the moment and long term. Like I can't just like only think of long term just because of like the career path I've chosen to. I have to be so in the moment a lot of the times. But I think being in the moment is really 
really helpful because like the little surprises like I came up with like a little strategy for like the income of my business especially as I'm doing like the social media stuff around the podcast and like the monetization that comes around social media so I have a bank account that's associated with my business and the bank account that I specifically chose has this thing called a tax bucket that you can designate a percentage of every transaction that comes in to go into the tax this bucket. So no, this is um Lily. Mm-hmm. I think SoFi might do something similar though, because I looked into SoFi. Oh, SoFi, how do you how you saving and checking? Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna use their savings account, but I was like, I'll stick with Barclays because the the percentage rates are similar, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's it's fine. I'll stick with Barclays. But um, but yes, I uh, wait. What was I saying? What part was I saying? Um, 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 um. Oh, you have a specific account for your. Oh yeah, the bank, the business bank account. So the every transaction, and I was just like, let me do something higher than I know the taxes will probably be, and I know I'm gonna have a lot of write offs. Like every little thing that I buy that I use for my business, like make making sure I'm pocketing that receipt or making sure I'm like saving that in my history. Yeah, documentation exactly. So like even the camera that we're recording this on is a big one. But I was like, let me raise the percentage of what the tax is going to be. And I said, so let me do 25% of every transaction, for example. And then after I pay my taxes, I'm setting it up so that whatever is left over that is not going towards taxes is just going to be a bonus for me. And and I'll do something fun with it. So um, I think I like the idea of setting it up. How I'm kind of approaching it is... I want to set it up in a way where it feels like I can still somewhere have a sense of spending money frivolously. Because I think we should all be able to have that little fun. Like we're not we're not like picking apart every like financial thing. Yeah. All the time. So I wanted to set it up in a way where I have a pot of finances at, at a certain point where this is actually money. This is money I can do whatever with this specific money. And I don't have to like, I don't have to be on the back of it and like looking at everything. And I'm just going to spend this, this specific money. I could just spend on whatever until it's gone. Like this specific money will be that. And then my other money. That makes sense. Yeah. And then my other money. Like that fun money. Right. Fun money. Fun money. Exactly. And then my, uh, my other money, like the salary. I'm like automating things to a savings account or like the investment account, Roth IRA, and just like automatically paying the bills. And I'm like, that's that's where I want to be. Like that part can be automated with a separate, like a separate influx of money. And so I'm not like looking at just one pot of money that's having multiple purposes. Like this pot of money is the pot of money that pays the bills. This pot of money that's coming in here mm. is where I'm having the fun because that makes more sense. Yeah, because when I had just like that one when I was looking at everything from like a one pot perspective, it was just like overwhelming and I was just feeling like where is this money going? Like that's what everyone's going through though. Usually. Yeah. Or people who are like on a career path that's a little bit more like linear. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I say you cheat it if you have like a paycheck where it's just like one coming in. I'm like, you cheated and make it feel like two. Yeah. <laughs> and say, put 30% in another account automatically so it feels like two. Mm. <laughs> or something, whatever percentage you want to ask your employer to 
to I put it to another. Do yeah, do that. I've like the last couple of jobs that I've had that I've um you know, where I had to where it wasn't like a contract role and I was actually like on a salary. I said, please, please put a percentage, even a part time job. I was like, look, 15 percent is going to my savings account every check and like just something little. And it's whatever you want it, want it to be. Like some people can do a higher percentage and pull that off. Some people do 10 to 15 percent. And that's still really great because it's still money that's just building, you know, it's me typing the multiple percentages. Oneric multiple percentages. <laughs> That's how you gotta do it. Yeah. Like approach it and, and, and build it for things to come. Like I said, I need my emergency fund. Like that's what I'm that's my current <laughs> focus, like building up an emergency like fund again. Thing. Yeah, rainy day fund. I think that's my issue where it's just like everything just feels like a rainy day. Yeah. That's why I'm just like I have to I have to have it building up in the background because Yeah. What I see in front of me, if I'm seeing all the money I have in totality in front of me, I'm like, that That just won't do. I've got to keep it separate. I've got to have different pots. And, and yeah, yeah. Because I'll be tempted to just be like, spending it on this, spending it on this, spending it on this, spending it for every single purpose. And it gets a little confusing for me personally. It gets um, overwhelming because you're just like, am I going to have enough to like get through what I need to get through? Yeah. It's and like, my calculations don't be that good off the off my top of my head. Bro, like, I am so good at math. I don't know what happened. Me too. I don't know what happened, y'all. Me too. It's like, it's, sitting here like okay. it's out of practice. I only spent this much, so how is it 300 less? Yeah. And so. I'd be like, I fucked up somewhere. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. Oof, oof, don't I know it. Okay, this has been, wow, I've really, really enjoyed, really, really enjoyed talking about money, and I can't believe I came forward about the scam, but <laughs> it, was th- it was time, it was time I released that, it was time I got that off my chest. This Your been parents years. knew about it already? I don't think I ever told them about what that. What are you going to say if they see this? I told them that, I told them the same thing I told my roommates, but. Oh, your car was not, compromised? Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm sure they would be. My, my parents, my car was compromised. What do you mean it was compromised? I told them like fraud, like somebody tried to steal my identity or something like that. Well, it know? was fraud. Yeah, it was fraud, but not I, identity theft. Right, not identity theft, but it was fraud. It was just like I was very much like, here's my social security number. <laughs> like, how many? <laughs> <laughs> how many fucking cards did you buy? Uh, I I literally bought all the guys gift cards that they had at the store that day. Like, so how did he get access to it? I gave him all the um the codes. You know how iTunes gift cards have like the serial number codes thing. <laughs> like they have the, like you scratch it off. So I was over there with like a quarter, like at my desk in my dorm, like scratching off the <laughs> scratching off that little metallic oh. stuff. To hey. Barack Obama has been I've been selected. I'm him. I've been chosen. I need you now to go find these iTunes cards and tell me what the numbers on them. How did you think you were going to get the scholarship? (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember how he convinced me so well. He was so good. Like, he was so good. I was stupid, granted. Like, I was stupid. I'm not saying, like, I was smart, and he tricked me. Like, he tricked me, but he was good. Like, and I just imagine you 
Okay, so the number is... Right, yes, literally. Seven, five, two. Literally, I can't even be ashamed anymore. I was just so inexperienced with everything back then. It felt in terms of being out in the world and handling money and anything yeah. related to that. And I know it should have it should have flagged as super suspicious to me, like having to go buy something to get to get something back. But I wasn't I was thinking like, I don't know how this shit works. Like I was I was we're not taught. Yeah, but you know, you live and learn, and I got through it. Like I was eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for about two weeks, but I got through. <laughs> like honestly, those juggle meals be struggle. Yes, like oh, and back in London, there was this like free food cart. They would give out free hot food every day at lunch. I tell you, like free curry and like pastas mm-hmm. and like snacks and pastries and stuff like that. And I don't know what I would have done without that. Like it was at University College London. That was like a short walk from the from the campus that NYU has over there, or from the building that NYU has over there. And I was posted up in that little line. As you should be. Yeah, I was getting that free food every day. I think food should be free in general, though. Like, it should be free. That's how I be look. I be feeling bad when I see homeless people because I'm just like. Sometimes it's hard to discern. Because there are people who, like, really do ask for money, but because they're, like, addicted to, like, some kind of, like, drug that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Versus people who actually genuinely do need the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. Like, you can't... You you just have to give or not. You, it's like, you never know. I not much to give. Yeah. Sometimes I be like, if I give you this, bitch, you're going to be richer than me. I gave this um, white guy $20 on the street one time when I was in school still. $20? I know. I was just like, I don't know why I didn't give him a pen and tell him to fill out a job application somewhere. <laughs> because I was like, that was a palm man. But I saw <laughs> Take your privileged ass and get a job. <laughs> yeah, I said, wow. I, I was feeling like, you know, I was feeling very spiritual that day too. And I was just like, and I was wearing... <laughs> I was wearing Zendaya's perfume. Shout out Zendaya. Like, I was like... If you see this girl. If you see this girl. That's <laughs> this. Right, right, right. But, but yeah, he was just like... I gave him $20. He was like, you smell really good, by the way. And I was like, whatever. But I saw the same guy again. Because he used to hang out on um, on Broadway over there by the Tisch Building. And, like, mm-hmm. off East 10th, where I was living at the time when, when I was an RA. And I was running late by to the a church. Yeah, by the church. I was running late to a meeting one day at Brittany, and I ran into him again. And he asked me for money again, like maybe like two months later or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but it's nice to see you. I really can't. I'm really running late to this meeting." And he was like, "Bitch!" I'm like, "Whoa, your mama? Not your mama." Uh, he really caught me off guard because I was just like. Ah, another day, another vulgarity. <laughs> another white man calling you a bitch. Right, right. I said I endure too much. White, white kids saying the N word. Ooh, that that was. I've seen so many people in New York who are not saying the N word like it's it's Swiss cheese. I'm sitting here like I don't know. Like it's Swiss going. cheese. Yes, yeah. literally. I said I don't know what's going on. I'd be so lost. And it's not confused. funny. It's not funny at all. Because I'm just like, I, I, I'm, yeah, old enough to know, like, 
don't care if you're in Europe around black people. We, we're everywhere. Yeah, there's no confusion. There should there's be no, no confusion. Like for you saying it, I'd be so lost. People say it, I'm just like, nah, if I punch you in your fucking nose. Yeah. Oh, I told that one lady. I said, you may be something wrong in the head, but that's not gonna stop me from pushing you onto the track. <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I'm sitting. <laughs> Like, yep, that's her. Right. I was just like, ah, she was, she was testing me. I'm like, like <laughs> it was some, it's some, it was some racism that I just was just like, wow, you really fetched far back for that one, didn't you? Like these older white people in New York, like for their racism, like where did you get that? I don't know. There was this video of this white old white lady on the on a plane or whatever arguing with this black lady. She goes, shut the fuck up, you nigger bitch. Off. I feel like the turbulence gonna do the job though, so she's like <laughs> Right, it's gonna be like skirt. And she the next said time <laughs> I'm not saying she deserved it, but I'm saying that God's time is over. Oh oh my god. Where's that from? I don't know. Oh, somebody doing like a little story time. And I'm not saying she deserved it, but God's timing is always right. Right? But God's timing is always right. <laughs> I love that. I love that, too. Okay, let's finish off with our game, because we have such fun. Um, well, I you ended, we're going to end up choosing the same show. Oh, let me see what you chose, because this is another thing that I'm letting you do, but I could also do it, too. I've been giving people, you know, if they want, if they want to hear mine or hear well, me say Well, let me know if anyone else did it, because if they did, they're liars, because this okay. is not only me. Okay, so this is our old TV Big Three, as you know. We take a TV show, and we use the characters to designate our sun, moon, and rising sign, for those of us who know a little bit about astrology. For those of you who don't, it's just something fun. It's, it's not that deep, but we have fun doing it. Uh, so what TV show did you choose? Living Single. <gasps> yes. Oh. We did have someone choose Living Single. Who was it? It was, um, who, who chose Living Single? Brandy. Brandy chose Living Single, my friend Brandy. I want to hear what you're going to say, though, because I feel like you would have such different choices. And then I did Living Single because I... I literally was like, I thought like you are going to do Living Single, too. Yeah, I, because I, I was inspired by, by her saying that she was doing Living Single because I had... I rewatched Living Single again a few months ago, and I was just like, I, I have to chime in too because this was a great one. But I want to hear yours. <laughs> I feel like I want to change it though now. You want to change? A different world. <gasps> do a different world. That's okay. Great I'm one. gonna do this one, then I'll do a different world. Okay. Yeah. I'm Sun fine with that. Is Maxine Shaw? Good. Yes. My rising is Regine Hunter. Regine. And my name is Kyle Barker. Yes, Kyle Barker. Kyle Barker was in mine, too. I love that regime. Is your rising, you said? Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense to me. (laughs) It's just, just like, funny and sexy, like. Yes. What else is there to be besides funny and sexy? Yeah. A great combination. I love that. I'm trying to remember who I said when I did Living Single. I said Khadijah. Queen Latifah was my rising. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like she. Her character was just so like down to earth, down to earth, witty. Like she was always smart. Like she was like the. I want to say she was the glue of the friend group because I feel like they all kind of were. But she was like. 
They were just all so different from each other. And it was great how distinct. And it's good because a lot of shows, they all just feel like different variations of each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, black sitcoms were doing it right. She was ambitious in a way that was different from the way that Max was ambitious. Right. It was. It was. It looked different, but it still. They both still work so well. Yeah. And I love seeing that. Okay, now, a different world. Mm-hmm. I think my moon is Ron. Ooh. Ooh. I think my sun is Dwayne. Uh-oh. And I think my rising is Whitley. Whitley, I knew you were going to say Whitley for rising. Oh, my goodness. Such a good choice. And I love Jasmine Guy. Oh, amazing. You know what's her name? Is her daughter, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, Ron Moon. Why do you say Ron Moon? I'm, I'm curious. I just want to know. I feel like it could be right, but I just want to know. He doesn't really express his emotion that much. Mm-hmm. And when he does, he does it in, like, a comical way where it was just, like, he was comedic relief and we didn't really see too much emotion from him. And I'm just like, that really do be me. Like, you, I could feel all my emotion. I'd just be like, I'm, no one's, no one's going to know how I fucking feel. And I just mask it with comedy. Mm-hmm. And people be thinking, like, everything's okay. And I'm just like, I'm depressed. Right. Oh my goodness. Seeing Ron, I I remember that episode. Oh. Well, I don't know. That little porn style she had used to do it for me. Honestly, yes. I oh. See, see, I'm not biased. I like the the yellow man. To, no, I'm just kidding. I like the, <laughs> the, the little light skin Ron. <laughs> I only say yellow. Don't even do it. I only say yellow. <laughs> I only say yellow because of back in the day when it, it was, was a, yeah. they were calling us high yellow. But that was I can say that. I definitely more am a dark skin lover. Dark skin lover? That's not even the song, but yeah, I get you. I get you. Ron is a good one. Ron is a good one. I was just about to mention that episode where he was dating that um girl who had a baby. You know, he was like, well, I remember that. Yeah, he was feeling like he should step up. And she was like, you're oh, not yes. the dad. Like, calm down. Like, calm down. You're not the dad. But I felt like we really got another side of Ron in that episode emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really happy to see like what that. what it is to be a man in someone's life. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, I have, like, his view of responsibility really was dissected in that episode. It was funny because the nigga wasn't responsible. It was, yeah, that's like, why I was just like, this is interesting. He was not a responsible man. I was like, this is really interesting. Someone, the Colonel and Julissa. Yeah, that was an interesting pairing. Like, why did they do Came that? Came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so why did they do that? I was like, <laughs> I was like, interesting. Why is the Colonel here? Yeah, that was very Having a baby with Julissa. <laughs> and then she had the baby and then her character became like pointless. And she just became like a, I'm pregnant and cranky. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how the actor, uh, what's her name? Don Lewis. We should have asked her. Yo, yeah, that's right. She came and spoke yeah. to us. She literally came and spoke to our class. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how she felt about that. That would be a good question to ask. Yeah. She's I'm, in an episode of The Boys. Really? She played like a little side character for a second. Love that for her. Love like that. Like a day player. Love that. I'm always going to ride for my little um, 90s sitcom cast. And, and also, I love 90s sitcoms because you get to see 
a lot of those actors like shuffle between all those shows back then. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, Jasmine Guy was on an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like as one of Will's like little flings, and I was just like, oh snap! Like, it was cute. It was cute that everybody was getting their bag. Like. What's her name? Kimberly? Kimberly? Reese? Kimberly Reese, yes. Honestly, she might be my son. I think she's my rising. I think she might be my rising. She was so go-getter. Yeah. I think she might be my rising, just in the sense of, like, a lot of people, like, say that I'm always, like, trying to figure it out. Oh, trying to do it, trying to do it. And she was, she was like that, like, but also sometimes to a fault because... She didn't want no help from people sometimes. She's like, oh, I'm going to work this job, and that's how I'm going to pay for my tuition. Like, I'm not going to. That's definitely my son then. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Dwayne. You got to go. <laughs> sorry, Dwayne. It's Kimberly Reese. But, yeah, I, I wish I wanted her character to, to be so much Mom. bigger sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, she's beautiful. She's, I'm just like, I don't know. Loved Loved where the story went with everyone for the most part, but I'm just like, I just wanted to see What's them the do other more. Man? Um, Cree Summers character. Oh, um, Freddie. I used to love Freddie. Mm-hmm. I think Freddie's my Venus. Yeah, Freddie might be my moon. She definitely is a lover girl. Yeah. But she she dated the whole tub. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> gosh! Like, the the whole tub is my son. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, oh. I'm just Okay. I just wanted to see your face for real. Grand Rising. <laughs> right, Grand Rising. <laughs> My friend texted me that the other day and I said, if we could just find a different like, <laughs> if we could just I'm sorry, if I get a Grand Rising test, I'm not responding. <laughs> what do you mean by this? Elaborate. What do you mean Grand Rising? <laughs> Oh my goodness. You couldn't just say, right, right, GM. Because I don't want to assume the morning you're going to have. Like, that's what people say. I'm like, okay, just say, happy you're here today. I don't know. Don't text me that. Don't say nothing. I want to hear Just say greetings. I don't know. I feel like it's such respectability respectability politics to be like concerned about all that. I'm okay if you just text me out of the blue and start talking to me. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, but but you know you know we've lost the plot we 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 have to end this episode <laughs> oh my goodness do you have a jingle do i have a jingle oh yes i do have a jingle my oldest brother like this little music production thing and so he made me a little track and i'm gonna have a little jingle that plays as we exit so i guess cue jingle Thank you for watching 232425. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hey, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Be about that money and be about that bag and be about that savings account, okay? Financial literacy. Financial literacy is in. It's cute, honey. Get in, okay? And so join us next week as we talk all about career. That's going to be a fun one. I'm going to say it all the time, but I'm true, y'all. I'm true. It's going to be a fun one. Don't (laughs) miss out. Thanks for watching and thank you, Amadou, for joining me today. It's been great. Bye, y'all. Peace. 232425 is a podcast produced and hosted by Jaska. Graphic design by Jaska. Executive producer, director of photography, and editor, Dante Charles Critchlow. Music by Fidel Moore. A special thanks to Anthony and Salentia Moore, Constance Moore, and Harold Hickson for their contributions to production. And a special thanks to viewers like you who create the community of my wildest dreams. Thank you. 23, 24, 25 TV.